I was dreaming dreams. <laughs> when I got up this morning, I was leaving about quarter to six or whatever this morning. Come here. Uh, she was up, and uh, so we, we had a little conversation. So the Lord is really doing some very unique things. Welcome, Valley Community Church family. I love this time to be with you. Many of you that are watching online, <clears throat> last week I was told that 42 men from Southern California Edison were sitting on their lunch break at 10 o'clock watching us. So if you're still watching us, men, welcome. Be safe in what you do with the electricity that you help us stay cool in these warm days. <clears throat> we are going to begin a new series today, and this series will last us uh, possibility uh, up to January. I want to pray for revelation in your hearts that begins immediately today, because it's something that I believe the Lord has set, <clears throat> excuse me, in my heart to really restructure an understanding of the power and the authority of God and the believer. Last week, we introduced to you uh, a new realm of Valley Community with our shepherd elders, and we gave you the different categories of leadership, spiritual leadership, and administrative leadership in our church, and how we set things apart to walk in total, absolute, total, absolute honoring of God and his word and of submission to one another. You see, honor is a submission to one another, and that's what we're, we're doing. So we began something last week in this honor aspect, and because of that, God is moving in the restructure in the spiritual realm. As we see this past week regarding a transition from the Queen Elizabeth II, who I believe was an amazing queen, 70 years, and who was used of God because God appoints authorities, was used of God in a transition into a king, King Charles. And in that reality, you must understand, we see on TV what they want us to see. But if you saw with your spiritual eyes, you saw a promotion that God brought <clears throat> to King Charles. And with that promotion, you saw a move of God in the spiritual realm. With that, you also saw a move, uh, you will see a move of the enemy of demonic forces that would want to steal, kill, and destroy. In this new series, I Am Free, we're going to be talking about the demonic influence in our world, spiritual entities, and also the influence and authority, the only authority there is, and that is the authority that God is, and that the authority that he gave us as believers. We will learn what Jesus accomplished and of that authority, and that authority was given to the church. And because of life, because of what we see on TV, hear on the radio, what we read, the busyness of life, the trials in life, the joys in life, 
there's a tendency to um, allow uh, deception of the spirit realm of not recognizing the spiritual aspect of life and thinking that <clears throat> the spiritual aspect of life is coming to church, which is right, which is spiritual, praying, which is right, which is spiritual, reading the word, which is right and spiritual. But we also need to recognize that there is a spiritual realm of, of angels or a spiritual realm of fallen angels. There's a spiritual realm of demonic forces. And faith and the authority of faith that we have in the Word of God. And in that reality, there are many instances that even the believer, we'll talk about this in this series, can be deceived. Basically, what we see, the changing of the guard in Europe, what we're seeing is the changing of the guard at Valley Community Church, and what we're going to see, I believe, in the near future, the changing of the guard in the United States of America. We're going to see politically, we're going to see many different things change uh, to the areas of God because God's church is rising up with authority and revelation of these things. And so I want to pray. Uh, normally I ask you to exercise and to stand, but we're not going to do that this morning. I want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. Uh, your tablets, whatever you use, your phone, uh, Mark chapter 5, and we're going to begin reading in a moment. But I'm going to pray a short prayer, and in this short prayer, power and authority and a move in the spirit realm will manifest. Let's pray. In Jesus' name, I rebuke the demonic force and the spiritual entities that would want to bring a deception and a blockage of revelation to the body of Christ. Today is a new day that our minds, our hearts, our souls, our spirit will be opened up to truth that will make us free. And Father, I right now proclaim that in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I've asked you to turn to Mark 5. We're going to read that in a moment. But we need to recognize what Jesus did for us. In this series, it's going to be one of the focuses. We're going to recognize what did Jesus really do. And it's not just that we walk in prosperity, we have a home, we have a car, you know, quote, people say the American dream. The American dream is freedom. And it is based on the principles of the word of God. That's why I entitled this series, I Am Free. We also need to recognize pitfalls that can influence us. These pitfalls that influence us uh, that we can go into or stay what I'm going to begin to talk about bondages in our life because we haven't understood that Jesus has, I'm going to use a term, delivered us. We'll explain this through the series. We'll explain the different realms of this, of deliverance. But we're going to see freedom begin to manifest in the body of Christ. I also am, I'm going to say it this way, 
smart enough to realize that this is happening all over the world now. Terry had said something about the, the COVID thing and many people, and it's true. Uh, they're saying between 25 to 35% of people that used to faithfully attend church no longer do. And uh, at times they may watch it online, but they have backed away from being at church. That the enemies come in and brought this into our lives and has brought fear and bondages that wonderful, godly, God-loving people are backing away from the spiritual strength that they receive from attending church. But here's the scripture I'm basing this whole series upon. It's in John, don't turn to this, in John 8, 36, says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Notice it says, makes free is free indeed. So hear this, please. Just really hear what I'm going to say this. I wrote this down um, as I was writing the sermon. Satan will do everything he can to keep you from hearing this series. Busyness, you're, if you're watching online, your, your computer breaks, your TV, whatever it is. Make sure everything's working properly because the enemy will come in and try to steal, kill, and destroy and try to deceive us from hearing the actual truth that the Lord's given me to give you. Because Satan doesn't want to be caught in what he's doing. Why is he afraid of being caught? The answer is, if the thief is caught, he has to restore what is stolen sevenfold. You say, Pastor, well, that's a really cool saying. and I like that saying. Well, you know where I got it? I got it from the Word of God. I got it from Proverbs 6.31. It says, but if he, the thief, is caught, he must pay seven times what he took. He must give up all things in his house. He must give it all up. And I'm just saying to you, I believe that we are in that beginning stage. When, when we talk about beginning stages, beginning stages, a lot of times with us, the beginning is today and tomorrow is the next day, and it's not the beginning anymore. With God, you know, a, a day is of a thousand years. And so the beginning could last for decades. We are in a beginning stage of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm prophetically speaking to you and understand that we are in the midst, the beginning stage of a decade of breakthrough. This year is the year of breakthrough, and it's been spiritual truth that has broken through into Valley Community Church, and now we're going to begin in the next nine years to see the result of that breakthrough, not only in church, but in your businesses, your jobs, the marketplace, and in your homes, with your children, with your grandchildren. Begin to expect these things because now you're going to be walking in your life as believers who believe God, who's born again, who's going to heaven, all these things, but now you're going to be free because God makes you free from the revelation of understanding what Jesus the Christ did for you. Most believers are not free indeed, though, because they don't believe they can be in bondage. I know very godly people 
myself included, through the years that was in bondage. But we don't admit it. We don't realize it. And when we hear that, we think, oh, they're bad people. They're doing these. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about being in bondage with many different things in our life that we're not able to see the truth. And what happens is we have a tendency to go from job to job, from, from home to home, from business to business, from job to job, from spouse to spouse, all these different things because we don't understand the realization that in areas of our life, we can be in bondage and it can create awful things in our life. So when Jesus makes a statement, he is actually speaking to the believer in John chapter 8. So remember John um, 8.31 says, who believed in him, all right, who believed in him. And so we have to get to the place where recognition that Jesus many times when he says different things, he is talking to the believer. And it is the believer that needs to recognize, even though we're, quote, born again, we can be in physical and soulish bondage. We'll talk about the spirit. We'll bring all that truth in. We'll talk about the scary word, doctrinal truths in this series. So Mark chapter 5, verse 1, we're going to read the whole story. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes, basically the city of Gadara. And when he had come out of the boat, speaking of Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Unclean spirit means he was demon-possessed. Verse 3, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because... He had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. So he lived in the cemetery. Verse 5, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. The word worship means he bowed down to the Lord. Now, verse 7, now is the demon talking. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Now, that wouldn't be the man talking because Jesus would not torment a man. For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Again, Jesus is talking to the demon that's in the man. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answers, we're going to read it in a second, but he answers legion, which is a Roman name for a troop of soldiers. Bottom line, 6,826 soldiers. So he had 6,826 demons. This guy, I guess we could say he was full of it (laughs) or demonized. He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. 
Verse 10, also he begged him earnestly they would not send them out of the country. Demonic spirits like to stay where they're already, where they are already having a stronghold. In our last series, in the, break, the teaching with Breakthrough, we talked about strongholds. So I want you to correlate these strongholds with this story. And a lot of times, because we don't really truly understand the word possession and words used in the Greek or the Hebrew or all the other things, I will help you and I'll give you what it is saying and what is happening in the story and also what can happen in our own lives. Verse 11. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed. They knew him and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. You would think after all their experiences of binding with chains and trying to help this guy hurting himself that they would be very happy, but they were afraid. Because that's what the enemy does. Even when you see something that has happened good, many Christians are still walking in fear of areas of their life because they don't understand the power and the work of the cross and what Jesus did to make you free. Because when you became born again, you weren't free. After you're born again, there are areas of your life you're still in bondage. And we need to understand the principle and also the uh, doctrinal understanding and the truths about this in the spiritual realm. And in this series, I will help you understand that so Jesus can make you free. Everyone excited about that? Verse 16, and those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Now, I'm going to show you a little bit why they might have said that. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis, now I'm going to show you this, Decapolis, all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. And also historical books will say that the whole uh, Decapolis changed because of this making free of this one man. The power and the authority of Jesus. Now before that, you didn't really see that authority in man because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. And so uh, 
The Holy Spirit came upon kings, priests, and prophets. But we're now going to see that because of the work of the cross, every one of us walk around in this authority. All right, let's continue. <clears throat> Excuse me. Decapolis is not one city either. It's 10 cities. Deca means 10. Polis means metroplex. And Gadara was one of the 10. Now, Damascus basically is Philadelphia, not Pennsylvania, but it was Philadelphia. So the Greek cities, because Jews, they were Greek cities because Jews didn't have pigs. They don't eat pork. All right, so that's kind of why they wanted him to leave. Because they, <clears throat> what happened is 2,000 of their pigs died that day. Which they ate, which they sold, which they, you know, used to have other pigs and all that. It was money to them. And so they lost a lot. So anytime there is a demonic move or there's something with demonic spiritual things, it will steal, kill, and destroy. It will bring destruction. It will bring things in your life. And sometimes we as believers, because we don't understand these, quote, we're spiritual, but we don't understand this area uh, of the spiritual. When things happen to us, we begin to talk it away. We begin to think, well, you know, this just happens and, you know, the flesh and all the different things. I want you to understand what we're experiencing in our world today is very spiritual. The transition of authority in Europe, the <clears throat> transition <clears throat> excuse me, of authority in our church, and what we're going to see uh, this decade, transition of authority uh, in our country. So let's talk about this, this story. And this guy goes and testifies what the Lord did for him, saying, I was bound and now I am free. Let's go ahead and say that. I was bound and now I am free. Notice the term makes free. Let's hold on to that. So let's talk about this story and let me give you as normal, usually I'll give you three points today. First point, there really are demons. The word demon is in the King James Bible 82 times. 61 times it's in the Gospels. Jesus is talking about or dealing with demons 61 times. Why I believe it is in the gospel so much, again, as I said earlier, is no one had this authority until Jesus came. And so it was very surprising to them, and it created a rift in the church. It created a rift in the people of God. And uh, so we have to, to recognize that that is uh, something that happens in our lives when spiritual things happen. When you see the result of, of spiritual things, um, many times we go from one side to another. We don't go to the Word says, what truth is of the Word, and believe what the Word says. We go to the emotion of it. We go to the hurt of it. We go because there's an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, that wants to come in in many different areas and bring destruction to the call of God in your life. 
And so we have to see this. And, and now when I'm talking about this, some of you said, I wish I would have stayed home and watched a football game because it scares you because you watched Hollywood movies. And I want to tell you, it's nothing like that. Okay? Nothing like that. And we have to realize that this is a, a spiritual thing that you as a believer have all authority over. You don't have to fear this whole teaching that I'm going to do. We're not just going to spend time on demonic things. We're going to spend time on God's angels. We're going to spend time on protection. We're going to spend time on a lot of these things. But because we don't understand it, many believers are still in bondage in areas of their life, loving Jesus with all their heart. Jesus, in a little more than three-year ministry, began to confront spiritual or demonic bondage. And then he gave us that authority to continue. Now, you didn't, you didn't see Jesus grab a cross and start running at it, you leave, you leave, and all the Hollywood stuff. and all. No, he just said a word. Matter of fact, they asked him permission to go into the pigs. They asked permission. And I want to tell you, the enemy has no permission to do anything to you if you are walking in the truth of spiritual truth and walking in the authority and the power of God. There is a debate where demons come from. And so I'm just going to touch on this. Uh, Next year when I teach again on the book of Revelations, I will show you why I believe the way I believe. But uh, first of all, there's the the debate that uh, demons are fallen angels, the third of the angels that fell with Satan. I don't believe that because uh, demons want to house in a body. Demons want to do that in a body where angels can become that. So we find in the reality of people are saying that, but they don't need to desire a body, okay? Here's the second thing uh, that I believe is disembodied spirits from pre-Adamic men. You, you read in science, students you have in science, and they talk about men lived millions of years ago and all that stuff. Um, I believe that. Not mankind like us, but there's pre-Adamic uh, peoples. And that's why you see the bones. That's why you see the history of that, that science finds. And so a lot of Christians who don't understand that, they're, oh, no, no, the, the world is only 6,000, you know, years old. And, and I, no. The earth, the earth is millions and millions and millions of years old. Because when the Holy Spirit came and quote, created the earth. Remember, God created in Genesis. Remember, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the earth, and it literally tells us that it became in chaos. It became in chaos. And so now that I've went with all of you, uh, when I announce that teaching, I bet you all of you want to come and listen to it. Let's go on. So I believe in the second because they desire to possess a body. When they were cast out, they wanted to go into the animal's body. And so some have a theory uh, because of that story 
that some dogs and cats are demon-possessed too. But uh, bottom line, there is no doubt that there are demons. We have to understand that there's no doubt that there are demonic forces. There are many who don't believe demons exist. They, They, you know, they literally believe that it only happened in Jesus' time and then it went away. These are persons afflicted. This is their explanation. These are persons afflicted with especially severe diseases, either bodily or mentally, whose bodies, in the opinion of the Jews, demons had entered, and their cure was thought to require the expulsion of the demon. So because of that, when we talk about demon possession and demon things, we always, you know, Hollywood movies, you know, a priest will go and throw holy water and, and the person will start sizzling and all kinds of stuff. You know, I didn't get born again until I was in my late teens, so I saw stuff like that on Hollywood. I don't watch that anymore because it's, it's foolish and it's a deceptive way of getting you deceived so the enemy can come in and bring bondage in your life. They said also the Jews believed in demons, so Jesus pretended to go along with it. And the guy wasn't really demon-possessed. He just pretended. This opinion is a desecration of Scripture. So what I'm going to do to you is today, in the beginning of this series, I'm going to very quickly read you some Scriptures. Matthew 8, 16. When evening had come, they brought to him, Jesus, many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Why would the Bible say they cast them out if they weren't there? Matthew 9 says, As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this uh, in Israel. Matthew 17. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Mark 3. Then he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, and they might send them out to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out demons. Notice the difference there. Mark 6, so they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Mark 16, verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. I can go on. Remember I told you 61 verses. C.S. Lewis, the great author, says, there are two groups of people Satan absolutely loves. The skeptic and the superstitious. And it runs in the church rampantly. Let me say it another way. There are people that, that see a demon behind every bush. A cat walks in front of them, demon. Well, you might not like cats, but I'm, I promise you, the cat just walked in front of you. Those are superstitious people. And there are people who say demons don't exist or only existed with Jesus' time, the skeptic. And Satan loves these people because he can then come in and bring bondages in our life and bring strongholds in our life to where we wonder why we can't get over this, we can't stop doing some of the things that we do. 
Why does he love them? They're both in deception, which is bondage. Some people say, Pastor, let's not talk about this stuff either. Some of you right now are wanting to get up and go home because you, you, you got the excuse you left the oven on. Okay, I'm just telling you, just please, stick it out. Some of you want to turn, it off, turn off the TV because you don't like hearing about this stuff. Let me say it this way, because you know it's real. And it's something you have to face, but it's something you have to understand in a very powerful way. Some say, finally, we're getting to the good stuff, that you're, you're, you're that person that, you know, the demons are behind everything. If someone, you know, cuts you off, they're a demon. You know, a demon made that happen or whatever. And, well, they might be a demon, but anyways. But if you're in one of those camps, you need to move, and I'm going to say it, move to the middle. What is the middle? I'm tired of hearing that statement. The middle is believing Scripture. Bottom line. There's no extreme. There's no lesser than. The middle is believing the Scripture as what the Scripture is saying. So we're not skeptics, and we're not superstitious anymore. We don't deny them. They are there and can influence the believer. Jesus came to set us or make us free, and you will never get made free if you don't know that you can be in bondage or trouble by this influence of demonic influence. Jack Hayford, one of our great uh, leaders of Foursquare and a great teacher of the Word of God, said it this way. You can't cast out the flesh and you can't disciple a demon. So here are two extreme thoughts. Some people say, well, it's just the flesh. You just need discipleship or discipline. We have discipleship. We have OSL. We have all that. But I want to tell you, you got to fight the, the spirit realm with the spirit. You can't fight it in the flesh. Oh, it's just the flesh. And that's why I do what I do. And you know, I was born in the flesh and I have all this. And they give excuse for that. That's deception. You can overpower that by the authority that God's given you because this is coming in because of demonic influence. So you just need discipline in your life, people will say. No, you need more than that. The other is, no, you got a demon, so you need deliverance, meaning deliverance is everything. I grew up in a church, which was a wonderful church. I got born again in that church in my latter years of my teen years. And, uh, but every time you turned around, they were praying and come, you know, casting out demons. And I was just wondering why this person has been, uh, you know, born again 30 years and they say, you're demon possessed and you're possessed of the enemy and you have no control, you know, no, they have authority over you. No, they don't. No, they don't. And that's what I grew up in. And so, so my, my first instinct reading these things years ago was, you know, you need to cast out a demon. Well, these are extreme views if that's the only view that you have. And we have to get this because some of you, 
stopped going to church because of the extremeness of the way people were thinking that wasn't doctrinally sound. And I'm asking you to help me by being faithful to the services. Stay online with me. Invite your friends because they're going to learn and you're going to have this such amazing breakthrough in your life and everything you touch because you recognize there is an influence that's constantly influencing you and you don't recognize it. And you're trying to beat it up. You're trying to diet. You're trying to do this, trying to do that. And you've got to understand there's an influence that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And we're going to understand this word possession because there's different meanings of words possession in the Bible. So here's the question. Are you still with me? All right, introduction here. Do we need discipleship or deliverance? The answer is yes. Okay? Because you can't cast out the flesh and you can't disciple a demon. It's both. Years ago, I realized I had demonic bondage in my life. I was saved, serving the Lord, in Bible college, loving Jesus. God was doing great things in my life, but I was in bondage to anger. I would get angry in a moment. And one day, I went to the Lord and said, God, why, why am I so angry about this situation? I want to tell you. And, and he, he wants to come at me again with anger. There's sometimes, you know, I have to shut down if I'm reading about, because I want to know things about politics, different things. I'm reading it. Anger could just rise up in me so bad. And, you know, unjust or things that are going on and, you know, where, where uh, you have a law and people aren't following it, but they think it's okay. It's just all these things that could rise up in me and I could get really, really angry. But I've recognized that the enemy has not quit on me. But years ago, I took authority over that bondage, and I rebuked that influence in my life. And so there are times in my life, I mean, I, it'll rise in me, but I'll tell you there are times in my life that I faced some things, and I, was, I became so docile in the situation, moved through the situation. Why? Because I had, watch this, been delivered from this anger. Hmm. And I was still a, a nice guy. But I had that. And some of you are wondering why some of the things are going on in your life, in your children's life, in your grandchildren. You know, don't leave here and say, they're demon-possessed. No, they're just... Okay, you see how extreme we can go immediately in this? And we have to realize we're talking about Jesus Christ did it all for us. And we can walk in this authority. And no longer do we have to be in bondage to anything. All right? So we are not talking about, demons can take you into bondage, and we are not talking about possession of the spirit. In other words, you have no control. We are talking about demonic oppression could be a term used, but Scripture uses possession. 
But there's different meanings of that word in, in the text. All right? So don't get upset with what I'm telling you now. Don't walk out of here with wrong doctrine. Anytime anybody has a problem, anger, whatever, that they're possessed of a demon. I, I want to tell you, we're going to learn what that word means. Bottom line, let me just tell you, and I'll, I'll, it means demonic influence. If you have a problem in an area, Jesus takes care of problems. The only people that can't say, I am free, are the people who can't admit they were in bondage. And we have to admit that there's a demonic influence in our world. And there are areas that we have struggled with that there could be a demonic influence that created a bondage in us, but we're thinking, well, I'm a believer and a, a demon can't possess me. Well, a demon cannot possess your spirit because you're owned by God. Amen. You're no longer a slave, but you still have a soul. And in this area, uh, we call it, the Bible calls it the flesh, but I want to say there's a, a demonic influence that influences a lot of people uh, in their flesh, and they, they try to get rid of it, and they can't. So here's my second point. First, we find there really are demons, and demons can influence a believer. Second, they really do enter people. John 10.1 says this, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold, or the sheep, by the door, Jesus is the door, but climbs up some other way. You hear that? Let me read it again. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold, or the sheep, by the door, Jesus, confessing Jesus Christ as Lord, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Okay? So the enemy comes in some other way because you're owned by God when you're born again. So that possession of no control, he deceives us. We don't have control over the stuff we have in bondage. But bottom line, we're being influenced and we blame, and I just don't have any control. God, why? Why aren't you delivering me? Why aren't you helping me? Why? I prayed this, I prayed this, I prayed this. Is because we don't recognize doctrinal truth that believers can, that demonic forces can enter another way to bring influence in your life. Verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come, Jesus that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. The thief can get in. Jesus says, a thief can't come through me, your spirit, because you're born again, you're going to heaven, but he can come in another way. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. So you've got to understand, when there's destruction happening, when there's things that are falling apart in your life, you got to recognize there is a spiritual battle going on. And we need to take authority over the spiritual uh, battle. So the question, can a Christian be demon-possessed? Well, let's talk about the word possessed. The word demon-possessed in the Greek is two words. Demoni, zomai. Demon-possessed. All right? To translate these words, demon-possessed, is good, 
but I believe the best translation is to demonize. To demonize. Influence. Now, the word possessed in the Bible has two different words. The first word of possessed means ownership. In the story that uh, we're talking about is it's not used the word ownership. This is not the word used. The second word means to gain mastery over. It means to gain control or power over. Luke 21, 19. The second word is used here. By your patience, possess your souls. Okay, listen closely. I know I'm, I'm, I'm digging here deep. This is Sunday morning. I'm digging deep here. By your patience, possess your souls. That's the second. In other words, Jesus wouldn't say take ownership of your souls, but give our souls to him. Have mastery. Give mastery over our souls. What we will find is that you don't lose your soul, but you give it away to Christ. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us you were bought with a price. You don't belong to you. You belong to Christ. All right? So that's ownership. Luke 21 is saying gain the mastery over your soul or control over your soul. The question again, can a Christian be owned by a demon? The answer is no, we are owned by God. Another question, can a Christian be under control of a demon, be influenced? The answer is yes. Demonizum I, being under the power or bondage of a demon or mastery in an area of your life. Unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, lust, depression, anger, fear. Now, every one of us, I just named that, and that's one, you know, seven, yeah, seven out of a thousand things. And every one of us have areas of our life that it just doesn't seem like there's a mastery over. Because there's something going on in our life spiritually and it's not something, oh, you've got to go crawl on your knees for a mile and try to make it God believe you. You really believe him, real great faith and all that. No, it's a realization you've got to believe in the work of the cross. You've got to believe in the work of Christ. Now, we're going to dig into this. We're going to give you greater understanding of this through this series. But you must understand you have victory. You have victory in Christ. I have victory in Jesus, but if I don't understand the truth of this, this revelation, then the enemy can come in and then we give in time frame the mastery over our souls. We give in there the reality of the influence of our souls and we wonder why God's not taking care of this. He already has. We have to take authority of it and begin to spiritually. Now that'll come through discipleship. That'll come through uh, deliverance at times. But we have to understand, we have to choose to understand the truth that Jesus Christ has made us free. Amen. I, I know right now some of you are going, man, this is a bummer. I didn't know this stuff before. Why did I know this 30 years ago? Let me ask, answer that question. I don't know. I don't know why. 
here's a question. Is there an area of your life that you can't get victory over? Don't raise your hand. Do you feel helpless? Do you feel powerless in an area of your life? How about a sin that you confessed a hundred times? You told God, I'll never do it again, but you keep doing it. That is called a bondage. That is influenced by the demonic realm. It's not just a weakness for 20 years. Well, I just have a weakness in my life. Let me tell you, when people say that, it's just a weakness. I understand Scripture talks about weakness. We'll cover that later on. But I'll tell you what, we have used that as an excuse. I just have a weakness. Church family, you've got to love your pastor because I love you, and I want you to absolutely be made free. And I want your children and your children's children. You wonder why your children aren't serving the Lord. There's a demonic influence that is blocking and deceiving them from that revelation of that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then when you understand this, you now become very secure in your authority and you begin to bind the enemy and you don't even have to talk to them. All of a sudden, things begin to change in their life because you've taken spiritual authority over this. When my kids left, we were in North Carolina. They left and came to school in California. Uh, We lived in California for years. I know California. But I tell you what, every single day, I told the devil, you have no place in their life. I don't care if they even sin. I don't care whatever goes on, but you have no influence over them in Jesus' name. And I bound that up. I spoke the word over them. I speak the word over my grandchildren. When they were born and finally came over to our house, I would walk around my pool with them, every one of them. They'd be in my arms, whether it be five minutes or 15, 20 minutes. And I'm just pretending that I'm just putting them asleep and letting mama rest or daddy rest, you know. But I am speaking the word over them, and I am commanding in Jesus' name, you know, any demonic influence, any acts of the enemy, you have no hold on my grandchildren. Amen. Now, it's not because I'm any more spiritual than you. I just understand the truth that has made me free. I'm no better than you. Matter of fact, I see a lot of you, I think you're better than me because of who you are and what you've handled in your life and what you do today and your heart and the way you think. And it's not a measuring thing, and I just said that because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a personal pastor. I love people, and I honor you. The church has missed that. We've talked about honor. We need to honor one another. You see, it's not just a weakness for 20 years you haven't mastered your soul. That's not bad news, it's good news because I know the one who can set you free because today I am free. His name is Jesus the Christ. Also, he can't set you free if you don't know you're in bondage. That's the second time I've said that. You know why? Because that's important that you know that. Satan is a thief. He wants to get in your house. Look at Lamentations 110 on the screen. 
is a type of what we are talking about. The adversary, Satan, has spread his hand over all her. Her is Israel or the type of the people of God or the type of the church. Has spread all her pleasant things. For she, the people of God or the church, has seen the nations, represents the enemy, enter her sanctuary. Those whom you command not to enter your assembly, but they did. Every one of us is believers. Oh, no. Devil, you have no place in my life. You have no place in my... But could that just be a cliche, or do we really understand the truth of demonic influence? That's the title of today. Joel 2.9 says, They run to and fro in the city. Speaking of locusts, it's the enemy. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter at the windows like a thief. Next week, uh, we're going to talk about how to close the windows and doors of your life. The title of our message today, Under the Influence, illustration, here's a question. If someone takes drugs or alcohol, are they owned by the drugs and alcohol? No, they're not. But they are under the influence of the drugs and alcohol. That's what we're talking about, a demonic influence. When people are drinking or taking drugs, they do things out of their character. But because we see drugs and alcohol in the physical realm, well, that's just how he is. No, that's not how he is. When you're under the influence of alcohol or drugs, um, you are the, under the influence of that will cause you to do things outside your character. And that's why myself, when I minister to people, I don't judge people by what I see or what I've experienced with them. I judge people by what God says in his word. Love people. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There can be deliverance and freedom. They could be made free if they understand the truth of the salvation of the cross and also the authority over the demonic realm. Okay? Some of you, you've, you've had family members that died of drug overdose, died of alcoholism. You've had people that, you know, went to prison and and it just seems like they can't change. And then you say, well, that's just how they are. I'm telling you, no, it's not. They're under an influence. They're in bondage. That's not who they really are. And you begin to speak and proclaim the word of God over them. And you break the bondage and the grip and the possession of the enemy in their soul. Amen. I know this is deep. Lord told me how you were going to react. If someone begins to look at pornography, they are opening the door and time will do something out of character and shock all of us. And he's ashamed of what he did or she did, but he's under the influence of a spirit being. If you're starting to get depressed 
because there really are demons. Let me say it this way. They really do master or influence people. But your answer is my third point. My third point is Jesus really does cast them out. And so do we. I'll add to that. He really does cast them out. But we don't wait for God to do it. He's already given us the authority to do it. Luke 10, 17, Jesus sent the 12 out with power. Jesus sent the 70 out with power. Verse 17, then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Verse 18, and Jesus said to them, really? It's like, really? Can you just see Jesus? Wow, did that really happen? Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Bottom line, he's saying, I'm not impressed. Verse 18, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus said when he rebelled against the Father, Satan was out quicker than lightning. And that's exactly the authority you and I have in our lives. Verse 19, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, more types and shadows of the demonic realm. Jesus doesn't mean snakes, you know, and, you know, crazy critters. It's about demons and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Verse 20, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you. Subject means obedient and submissive slaves but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. It's about the gospel. Satan, the demonic realm, wants to influence you to get you from ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ, leading people to Christ, and bringing people to church. And you know what? In the church, he's done a good job of that. 95% of the church, their growth is based on Trans, transitional growth, where someone goes to a church a while, God's done this, God's done that, and you go here, and they go there, and they go here, go there. Actually, I want to tell you, in many cases, God is saying, be faithful. Be faithful to me. I will call you and lead you, but be faithful to me and be faithful to what I've, where I've set you. And when you do so, the enemy has no place to deceive you. What we do, you know what we do? Problems happen. And we run to and fro to figure out the answer to the problem instead of facing the problem or staying faithful in the midst of the problem. That is spiritually influenced. Verse 21, again, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Don't take this wrong when I say this. Hey, babe. Amen. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. Everything I just taught you is for the, the beginning believer. 
It is not deep things for the wise and the person that's known the Lord for 40 years. It's a beginning believer, but I will tell you, there are going to be a lot of people who are wise 40, 50 years knowing the Lord. They don't know this. They either never been taught this or never read the Bible. And they don't know the authority they have. And so throughout all their years, they've done all the good stuff. And they've done great. They've done great stuff. They've led people to the Lord. They're going to heaven one day. All these things. But God says, I have more for you. I want you to live your life free. That's what God wants. Hidden things. Talking about authority over demons. That's what it's talking about. Let's live a lifestyle of freedom. Okay, one last thing and we'll close. We don't have a problem knowing God has the power, do we? God can do anything. What the enemy does is focus on our weakness, there's that word, our weaknesses, and our history. Saying other people can get free, but you can't. Because look what you've done. In Mark 5, the man was demonized. Legion, 6,826. He lived naked in the cemetery, so none of you are as bad as this guy. Mark 5, 6. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. Satan does not have the power to stop you coming to Jesus so you can say, I'm free. Some of you are thinking, man, I, yeah, I, I'm there. I, I got stuff in my life. I'm, I'm angry. I don't forgive. I, I got all the stuff. I've tried. I've tried. I come to church. I'm faithful. I tithe. I give offerings. I, I, I work in the children's ministry. I, I do stuff with the women and the men and all the different things. But I still have, ah, and, and you go home and you're feeling dejected and depressed because you feel like I can't really get there like Pastor Angel. I can't get there like Pastor Ben because I'm, I'm just my life. God will make you free. If you will grab a hold of the truth, stay with me and I'll teach you step by step We're going to see discipleship in this series, and we're going to see deliverance in this series. It's been a very unique, quiet service. But let me tell you why it's been unique and quiet. Because I texted, talked to spiritual father, different people, and texted about today's service, what I was talking about. Because in many instances, I've found through the years, when I talk about demonic influence, demons, all that, just it seems like everybody's up and down like jack-in-a-box. I'm not talking about hamburgers. I'm talking about that thing that pops up and goes here, goes there, noise, phones going off. And it was very quiet today. Because we spiritually destroyed the work of the enemy. He had no place in our service today. Let's all stand and let me conclude.
Okay. One last thing. All of us in this house have an area in our life that we've been influenced. All of us. Don't look at me that way. Okay? But all of us can choose today to be made free. If you're here and you're not born again, today you can receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Online, same thing. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says you shall be saved. My old statement is, if you were a nerd before you were born again, right after you're born again, you're a born again nerd. Okay? There's things you got to do. But now there are things you need to become. And this is spiritually mature in the authority that God has given you as a believer. Instead of doing the same thing over and over and over again to stop doing what you want to stop to do, stop for a moment, get in the Word of God, read the Word, proclaim the Word of God and say in Jesus' name, I take mastery over my soul and I give it to Jesus. No longer will my flesh rule me or be influenced, possessed of a demonic influence. Because of that, you will see a change. Let me conclude with this. Holy Spirit's talking through me. Think about the story we read in Mark chapter 5. Jesus told the demon, out of here. But then the demon still spoke to Jesus. Okay? Through the man's through the man. Okay? There wasn't, you know, all those soldiers, demonic forces, jump out of his body, and they're all standing there looking at Jesus. It was still there. Question is, so then, didn't it work for Jesus? Maybe he had to do it the second time, or third time, or fourth time. Throw holy water or whatever. No. The moment he said it, it was done. but there's still that influence. The guy begged, can I go with you? He said, no, go and give your testimony. Go and start proclaiming what I did for you. Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lead people to Christ. Okay? I said all that to say, Holy Spirit's saying to you, you speak to it, but the influence is still there. You need to know where you want that influence to go. And then you need to replace it 
with who you want to be. Okay? If you're an angry person, then what do you want to be? What's opposite of anger? If you're a person that, uh, that has problems with forgiveness, then what do you begin to become? What do you get in? The Word of God. You discipleship, discipleship yourself, getting in Scripture talks about forgiveness. You begin filling your heart, your mind, your soul with Scriptures on forgiveness, healing, whatever it may be. I need to let you go, but all of us have an area in our lives we need to be set free or made free. So what do we need to do? We need to do what that man from Gadara did. We need to bow down and worship him. We need to take a greater step in our worship. Worship team, I wanted to take a thousand pictures of you today. Because the anointing that exuded, the joy that exuded from you today was the picture that happens in people's lives when they bow down, submit their soul to Christ in worship. And all of a sudden, the joy of the Lord rises up. This is what Valley Community Church is all about. In Jesus' name, I proclaim deliverance and also your spirit mastery over your soul, that you ordain that Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Holy Spirit, will master over your soul. And no longer that stuff you struggle with, the insecurities, the different things that are there, no longer you'll, you'll suffer with that. You will begin to be made free. You will begin to do things in a greater realm in the direction God has called you to. Made free. Made free. Amen? I love you all. So good to be with you. See you tonight at 6 o'clock. Be a part of the Bible studies. God bless you. Have a great, great day.